welcome back to another episode of the DD Geopolitics Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. Today joined by JM back on the show and our guest host from the past, Tyler Pop. Tyler, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Great to be Hi. back. Um, and our uh, guest is Kit, Kit Clarenberg um, of the Gray Zone, and here to talk about uh, 10 years later revisiting the Maidan, which um, I do want to, Kit, how are you today? And, and uh, let us know a little bit about what we're going to talk about. I mean, I'm I'm grand. Um, I'm fantastic, uh, and I, I I join you from Belgrade, which was the, uh, the the city that started it all in terms of color revolutions, of which Maidan was a, a very obvious example. Um, yeah, uh, as as I said, we have a profusion of British peacekeepers, uh, quote unquote, um, in uh, an infestation. You you might say um, in, in, in uh, near our southern borders. So that's not good news at all, um, and none of us are at all thrilled about it. But you know, it is what it is. So here we are. Well, I'm glad you did bring up Serbia because if we have time at the towards the end of the episode, I do want to talk about the interconnectivity of of Kosovo, Donbas, and maybe even Palestine. So um, let's get started. If you could, maybe JM can help you as well. Maybe give a short recap to our listeners of the Maidan and kind of in the from the lens of what we're going to be looking at today. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think the the, the key thing from, from from my perspective, and you know, I might be I might be wrong, wrong in this, but is the fact that if you actually look at who was involved in terms of orchestrating and leading these protests in Kiev, which started in late uh, 2013, they were all funded by the National Endowment for Democracy. Like they were all in direct receipt of NED funding. Um, what can we conclude from this? Well, uh, yeah, they were acting um, on the direct orders uh, of, of the US government. Um, the individual who who started the Maidan protests by posting about it on Facebook um, and uh, an individual called uh, Mustafa Nayem, I, th I think that he's originally from Af Afghanistan. Um, yeah, like he'd been working for several years for a NED and USAID funded um, media outlet in Ukraine. And um, it, we, we know from uh, assorted leaks that uh, the NED specifically sponsors protests in target countries of interest um, and then pays the people who organize these things, um, it, you know, direct bribes. Uh, so uh, that's something to, re to reflect on. Um, and so, yeah, like, uh, I, yeah, I, rem I remember this period very well. Um, I have Ukrainian friends who were like utterly convinced that this was a, a totally organic, um, uh, uh, like declaration of democracy and freedom, etc., and they were very resistant to any suggestion that this was due to Western meddling. Six months before um, uh, Yankovich was deposed as president illegally, um, um, the, the, the head of NED wrote an op-ed for the Washington Post in which he specifically stated that Ukraine is the grand prize in Russia's uh, near abroad. Uh, you know, the, uh, the ambit of countries which are comp formally comprised the Soviet Union. Um, evidently, this was a long-term objective of 
the US and Britain. Um, we'll get into that more later. But the, the, the entire purpose was to isolate uh, Russia diplomatically and politically. Um, Ukraine remained a close ally um, of Moscow, even during following the 2004 uh, Orange Revolution um, in the UN and other international bodies. Um, the, the yeah the, the plan was to separate Ukraine um, from Russia in in every way, and the 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 means by which this, this was to be achieved was by sponsoring nationalist elements within the country. Um, it, it it is a state which has has since 1991 and its independence has been split between a pro-Russian um, majority actually um, in the east versus a kind of nationalist pro-Bandera um, minority in the West. Um, it has struggled with national identity. It struggled with the, it, the entire issue of statehood uh, for, well, now 30 years plus. Uh, so yeah, um, the, the Western role is very well evidenced. Um, I, you know, I've written about this, um, but the, the role of Britain um, particularly in sponsoring nationalist elements in Ukraine is is basically unknown now. Um, it, 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 the Maidan coup came at quite an interesting time from the perspective of Western power in the sense that the, the Obama administration was uh, vehemently against um, sp sponsoring um, nationalist elements in Ukraine. Um, as Obama stated himself, um, Ukraine is not a core uh, US interest, it is a core interest of Russia's. Therefore, um, the, it, it, it would be um, wrong, wrong of us to intervene um, and indeed, you know, arm Azov and all these far-right uh, like par paramilitary groups. Um, Britain was a key sponsor of, of all of those elements and indeed was, was pushing um, for a, an, a, a virulently anti-Russian um, policy uh, at, at the highest levels of the British and the American governments from the time this happened. Interesting. So, um, if, you, if you, when you look at the, the period prior to the actual uh, ousting of Yanukovych. Uh, I remember seeing quite a number of uh, videos with, you know, at first it seemed to be fairly quiet protests. There wasn't a lot of uh, violence, but it seemed to be steadily gaining momentum. Um, I, I remember that they were us even using tractors and, and other farm equipment to attack uh, some of the government buildings in different areas within Ukraine and Kiev specifically. So do you recall any, um, at that point in time, any evidence of actual involvement between foreign actors and Pravi sector or other groups that were involved in the coup itself? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I think that it's important to remember um, that, like, the, the, when the sniper massacres started, I um, mean, this is in January, February of 2014, so nearly 10 years ago now, 
um, the it, it, this was when the protests were running out were running out of steam, and like even some mainstream media sources in the West were acknowledging that actually um, the, the support for joining the EU slash NATO was a minority position um, uh, based on based on polls. Um, the, the, the that slaughter was fundamental to um, yeah the, the the eventual coup. Um, there were nationalist elements on the ground that said that they were going to kill um, Yankovic uh, if he didn't uh, flee office promptly, which is what happened. Um, we we have just had um, and this has not been reported by a single um, Western media outlet, of course. Um, the uh, the outcome of a very long, this is like two, three years, uh, court case within Ukraine of the, tr attempting to determine who was responsible for the massacre of Maidan protesters in, in what was then called Freedom and is now called Maidan Square um, near the Ukrainian parliament building. Um, it, it, it was, yeah, as I say, it was ignored. Uh, this is the million page, uh, just quite extraordinary, really, um, judgment, which uh, was reported in Ukrainian media as uh, convicting five police, Ukrainian state policemen, for the for um, uh, killing, uh, I think it's around 70 uh, Maidan protesters. Actually, the contents of the judgment, which again have not been reported on at all um, in the Western media, concluded that uh, the nationalist elements, indeed shooters from made pro-Maidan controlled buildings um, in that in that area, um, including uh, Hotel Ukraina, uh, were responsible um, for, for for the killing. Um, this is a very dark open secret in the in the modern history of ukraine which is which is uh subject to a total blackout um in in the english language media the, 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 the there are georgian snipers who are tied to georgian legion which has carried out all sorts of war crimes and murdered um russian prisoners of war um, since the start of the russian invasion in Fe february 2020 22, um, who've openly stated on camera that they were directed by British and American actors to massacre um, pro-Maidan um, uh, protesters in order to uh, overthrow the government um, in, in Ukraine. Um, it's quite remarkable um, that th 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 there has been no acknowledgement of this um, in, the, in the English language media. Uh, yeah, like Sergei uh, Pashinsky, who was allegedly, according to people who claim to have been the shooters during this time, um, from, again, Maidan-controlled buildings, uh, is now Ukraine's biggest arms supplier. Mustafa Nayem, who I mentioned, is now in charge of Ukrainian reconstruction, which obviously means the black rockization of the entire country, the privatization, um, destroying jobs, destroying uh, like the entire country's welfare structure. Um, it's very clear um, what the purpose was all along. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's quite it's quite remarkable. Yeah, so when you look at, um, I mean, there was the overt uh, U.S. interference by Vicki Newland. Um, mm. she, she, she attended the protest. So there were other uh, 
you know, foreign dignitaries who attended them as well as they were calling it the revolution of dignity, right? And we could see the video mm. happening right now. Oh, Christ. <laughs> you don't love this? It's, it's one, one, one cookie for every 10,000 Ukrainians killed. Um, I think that's the, that's the trade off. Yeah. So 50 cookies, roughly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I I remember this so well from the time. Um, people were really were really sold on it. I like I lost friends um, as a result as a result of all this um, because they were utterly convinced that it was organic um, and that you know this was the, the Ukrainians vying for democracy. Um, yeah, like I, I mean, I think that the U.S. role is like very clear, even if the Western media um, is out on a limb to deny it. Uh, the role of Britain in all of this is not known at all. Um, and I have investigations forthcoming with the Grey Zone and Mint Press like on this subject. The, the, it, it's very, very, very clear that um, elements within British intelligence viewed Maidan as an opportunity to start a war with Russia um, Ultimately, you know, as a result of all of this, there was uh, the I mentioned this in my last uh, appearance uh, on your channel, so I'm sorry for repeating myself. But Integrity Initiative, which was a Foreign Office funded quote unquote counter disinformation uh, effort, uh, was heavily involved in trying to isolate Russia diplomatically. Its parent charity, which was called the Institute for Statecraft, has now been shut down. Um, because no one will go near it. In July 2014, on their own website, they, they published uh, an essay by an individual called uh, Victor Madeira, who is tied to MI6, Britain's Foreign Intelligence Service, which openly laid out the blueprint for what was to come over the next few years. They explicitly stated that, well, if we isolate Russia diplomatically and economically, um, and, and, and politically, this will lead to war, which the West will inevitably win. Um, you, you know, when you exhaust all diplomatic options, I mean, what other option is there apart from war? Um, they they truly believed that the, the West would prevail in, in, in all this. Um, and the, the head of the Institute for Statecraft, an individual called Chris Donnelly, a former um, NATO advisor, um, he's now involved in... Uh, orchestrating the, the bombing of Kerch Bridge, among, amongst other provocative acts um, targeting so, Russia. Sorry. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say that, like, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up um, because the Integrity Initiative, uh, a lot of people just sort of point at it and say, oh, they're manipulating things. Uh, they're manipulating, manipulating social media. They're, they're manipulating. They don't really get into how uh, pivotal that entire operation was for destabilizing not only uh, Ukraine, but also providing uh, a PR campaign that spans, you know, social media, influ influencers, uh, academia, uh, also uh, the regular media and also like uh, films, television series. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and it was targeting countries uh, in the Baltics, in the Balkans, in the Caucasus region. They actually have uh, ties directly to different Western media sources that are sort of fact-checking organizations within the EU and within uh, 
these other uh, blocks, foreign blocks that I just mentioned. So the the Integrity Initiative, uh, the Institute for Statecraft, was uh, the largest source of vilification of Russia and removing uh, support from traditionally, uh, you know, formal former Soviet states uh, that are adjacent to Russia now. So, uh, yeah, very, very important piece to bring up. Yeah, like, I mean, and I think that, like, the, it, 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 it cannot be understated how significant um, and, and how influential this operation was. Um, the the uh, uh, apologists um, for all this, like, try and downplay it. But really, yeah, its entire purpose was isolating Russia. So many groups that we heard, like, an, an enormous amount about, like, in the media uh, as countering, quote-unquote, Russian disinformation, like the Lithuanian elves, uh, which was allegedly a grassroots movement to tackle um, Russian fake news online. Um, this all sprouted out of Integrity Initiative. And I mean, to, uh, again, I mentioned the, the Lithuanian time, elves is was some was somebody taking the piss when they did that. The Lithuanian elves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it was like, meant to be like a counter to like Russian trolls, but like to, to uh, Lithuanian this. elves. This is what they came up with. Lithuanian. elves. Elves to counter what? to counter Russian trolls. Like I get the yeah, effort. but like allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. But like really, their 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 purpose was to, um, much like NAFO now, um, just attack uh, anyone calling for peace online as a useful idiot of the Kremlin. And like the the, the, the I mentioned this last time, but it bears repeating. To give you an example of like the real world impact of Integrity Initiative's black propaganda, bearing in mind Integrity Initiative was staffed by former British military and intelligence veterans. They, in late 2017, they flooded the, 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 the European media um, and indeed social media with false claims that the Catalan um, independence movement was being run by Russia. This led to Spain, which had hitherto been a almost unique voice in in the EU calling for uh, peaceful relations with Russia. It led Barcelona, sorry, um, it led Madrid to designate Moscow as a state threat. But uh, uh, it also led to the cutting off Julian Assange's internet access in the Ecuadorian embassy because he tweeted extensively um, about the Catalan independence movement and brutal crackdown um, by uh, Spanish police and security forces on, on, on that movement. Um, yeah, like th they openly talk in their files about how, um, and which were not meant for public consumption, about how this is a real problem for us trying to turn the Spanish government against, against Russia because they enjoy warm relations. They, they achieved that. Um, and a very significant voice within the West that was calling for cordial relations with Russia suddenly became very, very anti um, anything like that. They did the same all over Europe and they transformed domestic political events like Brexit or the election of Trump into attacks by Russia on the West which led a significant proportion of these countries' respective populations to uh, feel violated and angry and demand a government government response. Again, they knew this would lead to war, and that was the entire point. Like, you know, it, it spelled out. It was spelled out on their website um, 
it, it, 10, 10 years ago that this is what they were trying to do. Um, of course, like the, it, it, if, if, if you look at what was happening in the months leading up to uh, the, the Russian invasion, um, Russian officials were openly talking about the fact that they, they thought that a negotiated peace was 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 possible. Um, meanwhile, uh, since the invasion started, uh, Angela Merkel, among other um, uh, EU officials, well, former EU officials, have openly admitted that, that this was just a delaying tactic, and it was it was they were stalling for time in order to. Uh, arm Ukraine because they thought a, a an invasion was inevitable. Um, my dear friend um, Anna Bertrand, um, who is a, a China advocate, has created a, fant a fantastic thread of people dating back to 1991 who uh, forecasted a war between Ukraine and Russia if uh, numerous questions raised by Ukraine's independence were not resolved. This was an, a, a, an easily predictable and widely predicted war um, that, that, that's transpiring now. Um, Jen Stoltenberg admitted a few months ago that, well, Russia gave us a peace proposal in the summer of 2021, and we knew it would lead to invasion if we didn't sign it, and we didn't sign it. I mean, he was very proud of this. Um, the families uh, and children of the hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians who've been killed, probably not so much, um, you know, since the start of this. So yeah, like it, 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 the, 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 these people are completely insane, and they had this view that the West would just inevitably uh, beat, uh, you know, beat Russia um, in, in, in a conflict, and they they were openly asking for this. Um, the, it, not coincidentally, Chris Donnelly, who I mentioned. The head of integrity initiative, um, in internal uh, discussions with some of his uh, murderous clique, they talk about, well, oh, the, the US is too cautious, like you know, Biden is too cautious, this needs to be countered at all costs. Um, they, up to and including nuclear war, like they, you know, they wanted all out conflict with Russia, which is a completely insane proposition. And he was it calling is, for yeah. this in March 2014. Um, he openly stated in a memo, um, Ukraine is a rabbit caught in the headlights. It needs to assert itself. It needs to destroy uh, the Russian air force um, in Sevastopol. It needs to use um, Cold War era satellite weapons to, to take out Russian satellites. I mean, it, 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 you know, they, they, they don't care because they're not going to be affected by it. But like you, you, Ukrainians were the pawns on the chessboard going to be sacrificed in order for the West to win a war against Russia. Now that hasn't worked out. They're looking elsewhere. They're looking at Israel. They're looking at the Balkans. Um, you know, we, as I said, we have an infestation of British peacekeepers now um, near our southern borders. The, 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 the MI6 assets like Alicia Kearns have been talking up the alleged threat of Serbian aggression um, uh, as justification for flooding the, the region with, again, quote-unquote, peacekeepers. Uh, th the obvious question is, who is the true aggressor here, really? Uh, you know, like, the British think tanks like RUSI, which is funded by the British government, have been talking about the dire threat of Russian, quote-unquote, destabilization in the Balkans. Um, it's not Russian soldiers that are, like, are posted throughout Sarajevo. It's British soldiers, like you know, who is actually stirring up trouble here? Right. Uh, uh, I believe uh, getting back to the the post uh, 
mining and, and sort of the investigation that that happened. Uh, there was a a verdict recently, as we mentioned earlier, uh, the, the trial that happened. But uh, there was also a video of a leaked uh, telephone conversation between the Estonian foreign minister, or one of their ministers anyway, and Catherine Ashton, who uh, was discussing the various funding and, and uh, things that happened post uh, Yanukovych's ouster. Um, but then they also mentioned that there was some worry on the part of different Ukrainian officials because the, uh, well, why don't we play the video so you can hear it for yourselves. All evidence shows uh, that people who were killed by snipers from both sides, among policemen and, and people from the streets, that they were the same snipers killing people from both sides. So that, and then she also showed me some photos. Uh, she said that has medical doctor, she can, you know, say that it is the same, same handwriting, the same type of bullets. And it's really disturbing that now the new, uh, new coalition that they don't want to investigate what exactly happened. So that there is now stronger and stronger understanding that behind snipers, they were, it was not Yanukovych, but it was somebody from the new coalition. Yeah, so as you can see, there was uh, some back channel talking about, so they knew uh, even then, you know, they're not going to be telling the people out of the loop, uh, which would be the Estonian government that was the subject of so much of the uh, propaganda, the black propaganda and the manipulation by the British government of the of the Estonians, the Latvians, the Lithuanians, you know, they're not going to tell them that they were part of it. But as you can see there, there's so it was being brought up to the uh, British foreign minister at the time. Well, actually, she was the uh, she was the equivalent of what Borrell is uh, now, but she worked for the EU. That's right. Time, That's right. Back yeah, in, yeah. Back in happy, happier days that are now gone. I think my question, though, is the why why is why would the british government be interested in doing this well i mean i think like the, historically like even dating back to like the 1800s um uh czar nicholas and king george they look identical like it's like frightening um how uh similar they look even then um when queen victoria was regarded as the grandmother of europe because all of her relatives were on thrones throughout throughout Europe. Um, it, 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 it was viewed as a major competitor. Sorry, London viewed Moscow as a major competitor. Um, they call it the great game um, because Russian influence, quote unquote, in Afghanistan threatened British domination, not only of India, but also um, Central Asia. Central Asia is a key geopolitical hotspot, um, little understood. Uh, the, uh, I mean, Zygmunt uh, Brzezinski in his 1997 book, The Grand Chessboard, talks about how f failing a, uh, a major catalyzing event like a new Pearl Harbor, uh, the US would not be able to extend its tendrils into, into Central Asia. Um, 
following 9-11, regard, regarded as a new Pearl Harbor, uh, the, the US did set up a, a system of bases throughout Central Asia, well, which, which should tell you something. It, it, Russia was viewed uh, then as a, uh, a, a, a pliable country that, that still wouldn't yield. The Russian Revolution was a, anathema to British elites because it showed that um, peasants could um, overthrow their rulers. Uh, the you know Britain led the invasion of Russia in 1919. Operation what was called in the U.S. Operation Polar Bear. They were very angry about this. Um, Churchill openly stated that his objective was to strangle Bolshevism in the cradle. So th there is a long-term British hatred um, and anger towards uh, Russia. This is summed up again. Victor Madeira, who I mentioned, um, th this was not for public consumption, but in in a document. Uh, that he authored not long um, after he called for diplomatic isolation and economic blockade and black propaganda campaigns targeting Russia. Uh, he wrote, he, he authored an, an internal uh, memo for the Integrity Initiative in which he explicitly stated that, well, Russians are not like uh, normal people and Russia is not a normal country and they are, they're, they're not materialistic and this is a problem and Russia, it does not want to be a vassal. It, it, it uses its international clout to assert its interest. Um, Britain is not happy about that like, at, at, at all. Um, since World War II, the, the, the core component of British thinking um, in terms of foreign policy has been the maintenance of the American empire in order to further British interests because it, um, it well, London well understands that without um, uh, the, the US empire in a, a place of total domination, it, its relevance and its its force projection and its power is drastically reduced. Therefore, it has a key interest in maintaining um, the US empire. Um, I've made this point many times, but it bears repeating. Uh, London is viewed as, even by, you know, contra anti-war anti people, as a reliable American poodle that will say how high when it's asked to jump by Washington. This is true to an extent, but also within British thinking, there is a sense of, well, we can manipulate the US for our own interests. Um, I mean, I'm about to uh, re report on declassified British Ministry of Defense files, where they openly talk about how we can use the US to invade Yugoslavia and quote unquote, topple Milosevic. Um, there, it, 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 it's rarely spelled out that brazenly um, in in uh, the declassified paper trail, but yeah, the, the, they they were just expecting it and also hoping that the US would commit hundreds of thousands of troops to invade Yugoslavia, um, and then it would be occupied, and this would then uh, effectively be a British win achieved via American means. Um, we hear a lot, quite reasonably, about how the US is fighting to the last Ukrainian. Um, in, uh, in, in Kiev and elsewhere. Uh, actually, the overall strategy for London is to fight to the last American. Um, and they, yeah, as I say, they were fully expecting a Russian loss here and maybe the breakup of Russia. Donnelly um, has written extensively in the past 10 years about his hope that 
Putin will be deposed and Russia will be broken up into its constituent manageable parts. Um, this hasn't happened. So they're looking askance uh, you know, elsewhere, um, trying to uh, thinking where else can we maintain the US empire? The Balkans is um, a very obvious candidate. Um, as I say, uh, we, we, we've had an influx of, of, uh, of, of British soldiers. There are um, former intelligence operatives now in British Parliament um, openly condemning the US uh, pursuing a warmer, uh, warmer relations with Belgrade. Um, yeah, they know that if the US pulls back "Quote unquote," i.e., if it if, if if there are no fires for the US to put out, um, this is bad for London. So they need to maintain um, those blazes and, and pour more petrol on them. Uh, so oh, interestingly, okay. oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Jam. Oh, okay, yeah, but the thing that makes this rather interesting is that um, uh, the Soviet Union was broken up, and there was a overthrow of the Soviet system. So. Why are they still hung up about the Russian Revolution, especially when Vladimir Putin has made very clear that he doesn't like the Russian Revolution and there has been a lot of hagiography in the past, especially 10 years, about Nicholas II in Russia? So wh um, what is the problem here? <laughs> Well, I mean, there's the obvious answer that these people are completely insane. Um, so, like, I mean, I've read the private emails of, of people within Donnelly's clique. Um, when news stories at the start of the invasion claimed completely ludicrously that like Russian soldiers had never seen a toilet before, um, or they mistook a microwave for a safe because they'd never seen a microwave before, um, they believe this shit. Like, you know, Richard Dillov, the head of MI6, like, believes this stuff. Like, they think it's credible. Um, so I, I, there, there is that aspect to it. But, there, but also as well, I just think just historically, London cannot abide any country that stands up for itself. I mean, it, it, you know, Serbia it, um, is a state that has historically um, f favoured um, anarchism. Um, it, you know, like the, the start of World War One. Uh, was the uh, the uh, the murder of the um, you know, the, the uh, Archduke Ferdinand um, of Austria-Hungary? Um, Gavrilo Princip, uh, who is quite rightly a, a hero in Serbia today, um, there are dioramas of him adorning many the, the walls of many buildings um, throughout the city. He explicitly stated, "Well, we have to break up the Austro-Hungarian." Um, empire. Um, Southern Slavs have to unite into a, a single a single state. Any dissent from global capitalism, uh, previously enforced by Britain, now enforced by the US, um, has to be opposed. But also, as well, the, 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 there is an aspect of uh, never forgetting um, uh, in, in insults um, to, to, to the crown. You know, as I say, uh, at the start of the twentieth century every single European monarch was directly related to Queen Victoria. The Berlin Conference, uh, which carved up Africa into chunks that the uh, European powers, it's, it's, it's like Godfather 2, where they cut the cake of Cuba, like, you know, you'll take the gambling and the prostitution interests in the South. And uh, the, 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 a core motivation 
for that was that King Leopold and Kaiser Wilhelm were bitter that their families had empires and, and they themselves didn't. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't think this, this, this is forgotten. Any country dissenting from the US uh, line in all matters is considered problematic. It's often forgotten that Russia uh, in the early, sorry, the late, the late 1990s and the early 2000s actually was keen to go along with uh, color revolutions. Um, Milosevic, one of the reasons that Milosevic uh, relented in Kosovo was because the Kremlin got in touch saying, we won't support you unless you back down. Um, they, the, the Kremlin also signed off on the removal of Ed, Edward Shevardnadze in Georgia um, after the Rose Revolution. Um, it, it, the, the, they, they, they were keen to be a collaborative partner. And then you fast forward to uh, Putin's, I think it was 2008, the, the Munich Security Conference. Um, he asked the very obvious question, well, we've bent over backwards for you um, as Western powers and we're not getting anything out of it. And it's not enough for you. So, like, where does what you know? Where is the line? Like, you know, we refuse to be vassals. Any dissent in a mafia system uh, cannot be tolerated. And so, it, it particularly given that these insane people view Russia as the core uh, sponsor of um, uh, liberation movements. Um, such as uh, you know the Palestinians, etc. Um, that yeah, like you, you, you can't allow um, any dissent um, to be tolerated. Like it, it needs to be punished, like in in some way. Um, and it, yeah, like it, it, as a country that has the uh, military uh, prowess, but also the the economic um, independence to assert its interests. Um, they don't fit easily into um, a US-dominated and indeed led global system. Um, you know, this encourages other countries to potentially think about dissenting, which is just unconscionable from London's perspective. Right. And you, when you see the, uh, the way things have played out over the last couple of years, it really becomes very uh, apparent that at least to me anyway, I saw a lot of, uh, whenever the U.S. showed signs of hesitancy to uh, forward the new Wonderwolf weapons that Kiev requested, it always seemed that Britain took an opportunity to, you know, sort of feed the, fan the flames and, uh, you know, sort of promote whatever it was that Kiev needed. Um, and in some of that was evidence, I think, uh, around the Nord Stream, uh, you know, right after that happened, there was an awful lot of cheering going on and, and a lot of uh, back and forth. Uh, whereas the, the West, uh, as far as the U.S. was concerned anyway, they they were really downplaying, we don't know anything, right? And, and uh, you know, a lot of the, the Western states, such as Germany, played along, but I think British... Uh, interests seem to be quite happy with the way things were going on there. And, and if you look at historically, uh, you know, you spoke of the great game. Well, there is no other country that I can think of, even in Europe, that has played 
the spy game and the manipulation game of, of foreign governments as long as the Brits have. And they probably have the best spy system in the world and they probably have the most soft power in the world far more than the US does. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, it, it was really interesting. If you look at like so many conflicts, I mean, Syria is a very obvious example. Like th there were British operatives on the ground from before the quote unquote revolution even started. And their entire purpose was to get the US involved. Um, the, the, I think the, 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 this crops up again and again in the documentary record. The US is viewed as this kind of lumbering. I mean, the, the, the Iranians probably have it right. Like they, they refer to the US as the, the great Satan, um, and uh, Britain is uh, the, the cunning fox by its side, just this like conniving little shit. Um, and and it, I mean, this is this is true, um, you know. And, and I think that yes, the, the, the British think that they that they are much smarter than the Americans, and that they can just manipulate Washington into doing their own bidding. Over and over again, this is proven to like not be the case. Um, it was even openly reported in the Brit by the BBC um, that. The, uh, British government officials were worried about the quote-unquote caution um, of the Biden administration. Um, uh, for all Biden's many, many faults, um, uh, th th he, I think that he well understands that, like, actually, um, aside from all of the propaganda about how this has been really embarrassing for Russia, you know, from, from, from day one, um, the US Army would get absolutely slaughtered um, in, in a direct confrontation with Russia, leaving aside any consideration of the fact that, like, nukes are involved. Um, yeah, like, the, it, again, these people are insane. Um, they, <laughs> they, they have hugely inflated uh, senses of their own importance, of their own uh, strength, of their own uh, force projection capabilities. Uh, they, they genuinely thought that Russia was just going to collapse um, as a result of, 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 of sanctions, and then um, there, there could be a mopping up operation, and it could be carved up into again, yes, like, you know, along ma mafia lines. Um, in in Syria, we we see over and over again British operatives at the forefront of trying to sell chemical weapons attacks, which were staged by um, British assets on the ground. As uh, they're, they're trying to frame them as, well, this is grounds for war. Um, the US pulled back because I strongly suspect that they knew exactly what the British were doing um, in Douma and Ghouta and, and all these other places where there were alleged government chemical weapons attacks. Um, yeah, there is this sense of, well, okay, well, you can come and help me now. Um, the, the Britain's new foreign secretary, David Cameron, was blamed directly by a parliamentary inquiry for the total disaster of post-war Libya. Um, there were, again, British assets on the ground from before the, again, quote-unquote revolution started. Um, their strategy of going around the world starting fires in the hope the US will either extinguish the flames for them or, or pour on more petrol as British interests uh, require, uh, it, it's not working anymore. Um, again, like th this is why Alicia Kearns um, was the, uh, trying to stir up trouble um, in the Balkans because 
the, the, the Kosovo as an independent state was supported by the British as a means of destabilizing uh, the, the, the wider Balkan region. Um, it was a pet project of the Clintons and, and subsequent democratic uh, administrations. Not so much now. Um, you know, like, yeah, Biden was uh, moving towards uh, Belgrade being its, cl its closest ally um, in the region. Um, this is not good for Britain. Uh, when, when, when there are no when there are no problems to fix, uh, Britain's made rather irrelevant. This was the basis of the Cold War. Uh, Churchill gave a speech in, in I think it was 1946 um, in Fulton, Missouri, which is known as the sinews of, sinews of peace speech, where he mints all of these phrases about um, uh, the, the need for a special relationship between the British Commonwealth and, and, and the US and, and, and this iron curtain which has descended across Europe. Uh, yeah, um, the, at the time, the American public wasn't interested. They viewed the Soviet Union as a much closer and more reliable ally and friend than Britain. Um, yeah, like it, it, within that context, Britain is relevant. Um, the, the, towards the end of the, the World War II, Britain has been cut out of discussions about the shape of the post-war world. Roosevelt envisaged a system of uh, spheres of influence whereby the US would have hegemony and domination over the Americas and the Soviet Union would have the same um, o o o over Europe, of course. Um, in that context, a, a, a tiny island with a, a relatively tiny population is irrelevant. Um, to bring us back then perhaps to the beginning of what we brought up about um, the Maidan verdict, because uh, as you've been covering at the Grey Zone, as uh, others who've been up, he is really um, our... I don't want to use a cringe uh, Japanese anime term, so I'll instead just say he's our great inspiration, Professor Ivan Kachanovsky, all the way back in late 2015, he's piecing these things, yeah, piecing this all together from widely disparate sources to show exactly what this judgment has showed, which is that at least eight of the demonstrators were killed from the conservatory and the Hotel Ukraina, which were controlled by Maidan security forces or volunteer formations depending on however they wanted to phrase it and those same volunteer formations later became the far-right formations that we all know and love <laughs> but what was but what was the in what purpose then did it serve for them to kill their own people well i mean i think it's again it's important to remember that like, the maidan was actually running out of steam um when this when this happened so there was a i mean they were violent from from the word go but the the, the initial uprising if you want to call it that was uh it, 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 it had ceased to be a subject of interest um for the media and it was just a bit like well the, 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 I mean, I saw this from pro-Ukrainian sources at the time. It's like, well, we're in the square. Like, what happens next? Um, that Yankovic had beaten that uh, parliamentary vote on 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 his continued presidency. It, 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 the, 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 there are several, as I said, Georgians who are tied to Georgian Legion. Um, I mean, just scum of the earth, who claimed that they were were told to go. Uh, to, to Kiev 
and their purpose was to quote unquote stir up trouble it was to inflame tensions and i mean in the ma the manner of operation gladio just get people angry and i mean this is a common feature of cia regime change operations the the same thing happened in venezuela in 2004 when there was an attempted coup of uh, the elected president uh, hugo chavez and um, what's really interesting uh, is in 1991 uh, in Lithuania, uh, an individual called Audrius Bukovicius, who was tied to the Lithuanian Ministry of Defense at the time, and now, funnily enough, is very a very close ally of Chris Donnelly. Uh, he openly admitted that in January 1991, this is not long after a referendum in which the overwhelming majority of inhabitants of the Soviet Union voted to preserve the Soviet Union, um, he directed uh by his own admission the, the anti-soviet protesters in vilnius the lithuanian capital into the line of sniper fire um he has since repudiated those remarks and claimed that he was misquoted etc i mean this is a student of gene sharp um who was a u.s regime change uh, specialist and and uh, uh, heavily inspired all of the co color revolutions um in the former Soviet sphere following um, uh, 2000. Uh, at one point, Bukovicius referred to Gene Sharp's writings as more impactful than a nuclear weapon or words to that effect. Um, yeah, like it, the, 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 that sniper massacre popularized, mainstreamized, I'm um, coining a phrase there, uh, opposition to. Um, Lithuania being part of the Soviet Union, it, Lithuania thereafter became a kind of central hub for anti-Russian agitation um, in Central and Eastern Europe. There was a writer called uh, Galina uh, Sapchikova who wrote a book called The Lithuanian Conspiracy, kind of mapping out all of this stuff. Um, she got her door kicked down by Lithuanian security services in 2018. She had to flee the country. Her book was banned. Uh, it's called The Lithuanian Conspiracy. It's well worth a read. Uh, it's based on primary source interviews with the key players. Um, yeah, like, she, 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 got, she, got, she got chased out of the country. Um, and Lithuania, to this day, Lithuania is very keen to you know, shield this history because they have a national creation myth of passive, non-violent resistance to Soviet rule when the reality is uh, it was false flags that led Lithuanians to reject um, being part of uh, the Soviet the Soviet Union. So uh, uh, yeah, like uh, they have every interest in massacring their own people. I, I, I would I, I would also reiterate. I've made this point many times um, in respect to Bucha, um, which we now have confirmation on, on record from multiple sources that Bucha was weaponized and exploited by the British in order to keep this war, uh, keep the war in Ukraine going. Um, if it's the case that Russia massacred um, in innocent unarmed civilians and uh, the, the Ukrainians just moved in after the Russians left and you know, found these corpses in the street, it is the only time since February 2022, that the Russians have done anything like this. Um, it's also the only time since, since the invasion started that the Ukrainians haven't, and just to reiterate, haven't massacred 
people they considered to be quote-unquote collaborators. I mean, th there are UN reports documenting how teachers in Russian-occupied areas who continued teaching their classes because they uh, saw it as their, their moral and patriotic duty have been subject to torture, um, arbitrary detention and prosecution. Um, accepting bread from Russian soldiers is enough to justify from the perspective of Kiev um, slaughter. So actually it's not quite so unimaginable. And if you wanted to carry out regime change operation and the, uh, the, the, the ground effort, if you want to call it that, had kind of run out of steam, um, inflaming demonstrators with, with this notion that they are being killed you know, by authorities um, uh, uh, is absolutely ideal. A, a better question is, well, why would the Yankovich government do this? You know, they, 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 they were actually in a very good position at that time. It was the massacre of 70 Maidan protesters that made Yankovic's ouster a fait accompli, because then, funnily enough, uh, nationalist elements then began saying, well, if he doesn't leave, then we're going to murder him. Um, it, 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 it further inflamed crowds who, yes, had lost momentum um, over the previous few weeks. There was no reason for this to happen from the perspective of Kiev at the time. Is, is there any uh, information that you can give us that we sort of haven't seen to date anywhere or any sort of a, a timeline or, or a, a piece of evidence that you could share with us that that maybe shows a little bit more of the you know collusion between the U.S. and Britain and uh, the interference there with the Yanukovych government and and the Biden protests. Is there any like sort of Anything we haven't seen so smoking far. Smoking gun. I mean, in, in I mean, in terms of, in terms of the smoking gun, something that like really jumps out to me is that um, one of the individuals in Audrius Bukovicius's orbit who is tied to the, the Institute for Statecraft, he stated on his LinkedIn that he was involved in. Uh, 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 he calls it protection of the Institute for Statecraft during 2014 in Ukraine. So that means that their operatives were on the ground when this is happening, um, uh, when the Odessa massacre is occurs, um, when MH17 occurs. It, shockingly, and very few people know this, there were British assets on the ground who even filmed uh, the crash of MH17. Um, I, th I think it was August or September of, of, of 2014 when that happened. So, yeah, I mean, the, it, 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 a black and white document suggesting that the British were involved with nationalist elements at this time it, on the ground in Ukraine is unforthcoming. Um, it is extremely likely that this won't have been committed to paper. This is probably why it was farmed out. Responsibility for this was farmed out to the Institute for Statecraft in the first place as a kind of arm's length state operation. I mean, look at the history, though. I mean, Stefan Bandera, the CIA refused to work with him because they thought he was too extreme. Um, MI6 had no such qualms um, about 
using him you know, as an asset. Um, this is, again, clear from the, the US documentary record. The forest brethren, the, the anti-Soviet resistance fighters who lived in, in the forests of the Baltics and, and, and uh, carried out sabotage, etc., they were being run by the British uh, the, the, the British minted a model which was the, the foundation of Operation Gladio, as I, as I referred to previously, in which the, uh, the far-right violent elements were given funding and training and money um, in order to carry out, um, uh, well, in order to create chaos. Um, again, this is the British doing this. Um, the, 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 as I say, the US had, had no appetite for, for dealing with Bandera and they were telling their counterparts in London, well, I mean, he's like some insane neo-Nazi nationalist. Um, they didn't care, uh, you, you know, and I think that, it, yeah, it's, in, it's important to, to consider, consider the history here that the US and Britain, but particularly Britain, has been sponsoring uh, violent nationalism in Eastern Europe for decades uh, in order to de destabilize Russia or, 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 so, or so they hope. Um, it, we can look at the, the British Foreign Office, i.e. British intelligence funding of anti-government media outlets in Ukraine and Belarus and Russia. The, the, the explicit purpose is to quote unquote, weaken the Russian state um, yeah, like the, the, whoever and whatever will fulfill that objective, um, that th th they are happy to um, send money and, and directives to. Um, I, th I think it's important to note as well, in Russia itself, uh, there are leaked files which are in the public domain, um, which indicate that, Russia, that, that Britain had a secret network of YouTubers it used to perpetuate particular propaganda messages. Um, the, 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 their relation, London's relationship with these people was quite so intensive it necessitated quote unquote daily management and they boast in internal files of uh, having uh, activists at the forefront of protests in Moscow uh, and, and this generating a wide variety of content that was then uh, recycled by the BBC and other, you know, other outlets um, it, we, we've heard a lot about Russian uh, meddling in disinformation and, and, and skullduggery um, in, in Europe and, and, and the US. Nothing like that has ever emerged. It's very, very clear that the, the British are taking a lead on this, um, that they are hoping the US follows suit. They are willing to engage in active measures to try and get um, uh, you know Washington on board with what they're doing. Um, it, it, yeah, it, it, it's really it's really quite remarkable. And as I say, Maidan came actually quite inconveniently um, in terms of its timing from the perspective of the US, because as I say, the Obama administration was against war in Ukraine. You had individual actors like John McCain, um, may he burn in hell, who were openly stating, oh, well, the Ukrainians fight is our fight. And yeah, like encouraging um, Ukraine to go, to go to war with Russia. Um, the actual government position at that time um, in terms of Washington what was no further. Russiagate, which Integrity Initiative helped kickstart, um, I, again, I mentioned this last time, but it bears, bears repeating. In October 2016, there is an internal 
Institute for Statecraft memo where they state um, we can't rely on US support anymore and Trump is a real threat to that. And so uh, unless a catastrophe happens to wake people up, quote unquote, we will have to create some of our own. Um, Russiagate was a very clear example of that. Um, There were British operatives directly tied to Integrity Initiative were at the forefront of it. Um, And and yeah, like they they were pushing for this and the the inevitable um, and indeed desired um, upshot of it all was that Trump was bounced into tearing up uh, Cold War arms control treaties and arming Azov and engaging in all sorts of incendiary provocative actions, which Obama had refrained from. This is a direct result of the British uh, creating a trap for him to fall into, for him to prove his anti-Russian credentials. Um, yeah, like it, it, it's, it, it, it is very striking to me that we see in the leaked files that, that we've reported on the Grey Zone that the, the people like Chris Donnelly were very unhappy with the fact that Biden wasn't giving Kiev nukes. Um, for instance, or the, 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 the opening state, yeah, the, the, the US reluctance or hesitancy has to be um, opposed at, at all costs in, in every way. Like, yeah, they, they really thought this was going to lead to all out, all out war um, and the, the West would prevail. And we're seeing now um, as we reach the, hopefully reach the end of this um, and Ukrainians stop getting killed in absolutely vast numbers on, on a literal daily basis, that this hasn't worked out. Um, they, yeah, they've, 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 they've now shifted their focus. Um, there are other pawns on the chessboard to be deployed. Hmm. So question, um, between your um, research and the, the new um, verdict with Professor Kachanowski, um, where what does it mean for today, if anything? Does it change anything about the conflict, uh, the SMO? Does it... Um, I mean, Ukraine's already kind of declining in the public eye, so that that's not really a thing. But what does it change in terms of of anything for Ukraine and Russia? Um, I don't think it changes anything particularly. Actually, like I mean, it's just it, 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 it's a testament to how an enormous amount of deeply incriminating information is published on an almost daily basis, um, and then it's just forgotten about. And like, yeah, as I said, like media outlets, including Reuters. Um, which I've exposed for the grey zone as, as being happily in bed with British intelligence, uh, they, they misreported the findings. I mean, they used the language, uh, a sentence has been passed down in the prosecution of five Ukrainian police officers for the Maidan massacre. What they mean by that is that two serving police officers were exonerated and three uh, tried in absentia who were uh, eagerly handed over by the Zelensky government um, were convicted uh, when they didn't have, they didn't offer a defense and they didn't um, represent themselves or, or have anyone representing them in court. Um, I don't think, I don't, I don't think that there is any change. It, 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 it has been, yes, studiously ignored um, by the Western media. Uh, I think that um, an enormous amount of facts uh, could uh, come out still. Um, Russia has been talking a lot about biolabs in Ukraine. Um, this has just been rejected as, as Russian, quote unquote, disinformation. Um, 
But it is, it's it, 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 it certainly fascinating because, I mean, this is, again, a core part of the modern Ukrainian state's creation, uh, creation myth. Likewise, Odessa, where there are significant efforts to frame this as a, as uh, Russia deliberately killing its own people to blame on, on, on Ukraine, which doesn't really make very much sense. Um, yeah, like, it, it, I, Dr. Ivan is the sole source um talking about this um in public uh the the the, the, the entire western media like just ignores it um the control of kiev over um the flow of information is absolutely massive uh there was a rather embarrassing actually interview uh with uh on was it cnn um with uh the uh, Zelensky recently, where he stated very, very brashly, oh, you know, I have so much power, like, as president. Um, yeah, he does. And the, Hello? Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, I dropped out. But like he is, he is able to put a block on the flow of damaging information um, very, very, very effectively. Numerous press freedom organizations have openly condemned um, Kiev's crackdown on the media. It's gotten no coverage. Uh, it, 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 it's been complete, completely ignored. Um, so, I mean, we, 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 we shall see. The, the, the new strategy for weaponizing the, the war in Ukraine from the West perspective is just to ignore what's going on. Um, the, you know, the Russians are close to uh, breaking through uh, in, in, in numerous areas. This is not getting reported on. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think it necessarily does change anything. But, like, I mean, maybe in 10 or 20 or 30 years' time, when we start um, getting declassified documents on this released, um, if, if they are even then, if not, you know, 100 years, uh, maybe the conversation will change. Um, in, in the meantime, I have zero optimism. You know, the, the, I, I tweeted about this yesterday. The, the media has consistently framed unambiguous signifiers of catastrophic failure as success. Um, Nicholas Kristof, a Pulitzer Prize winning um, New York Times uh, regime change activist, uh, he in the summer wrote about how Ukraine is winning because they have tens of thousands of amputees. Um, it, 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 he openly stated that, well, like one of the benefits of being, you know, having your legs and arms blown off is that you can get laid um, <laughs> in, in Ukraine. I mean, this is absolutely staggering. We've seen this since the very start um, when Kiev handed out instructions for making Molotov cocktails, videos of Ukrainians throwing it completely ineffectually Molotov cocktails at Russian tanks was framed as, you know, heroism and, and a victory. Uh, these people setting themselves on fire, and the total lack of, of, of impact on on their on their targets is is kind of unmentioned. Uh, you know, it, 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 it pensioners enlisting in the army is is skewed as a victory when actually it's just really bleak. Uh, women enlisting in the military or be, being conscripted in the military is spun as a victory. Uh, you know, the video, the videos which are now circulating on certain areas of Telegram of women dead, um, like on, on the front lines are, are not spoken about. 
it's uh, it's been quite some war actually. Well, and you brought up one thing in the beginning about Serbia, kind of um, this volatile uh, pivot point in Kosovo. And then we discussed the Ukraine, uh, Donbass, another pivot point. Um, how do you kind of see the information that we talked about today and um, the new revelations in the Maidan? Do you see any parallels or similarities to what's happening right now in Palestine? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, again, I think that the, the, what was really striking to me was that Robert Peston, who was a, an establishment uh, client journalist in Britain of the, the absolute highest order, um, he, within 24 hours of Operation Al-Aqsa flood starting, um, stated that based on anonymous British intelligence sources who'd um, told them out the goodness of their hearts uh, that this was the start of another major war. Um, I think that the the, the, the total shift of focus uh, toward, towards Gaza is very good for all concerned because it means that, yes, the, 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 the catas catastrophic situation in Ukraine is shunted off, shunted off headlines and the media doesn't have to uh, endure the awkward experience of admitting that everything they've been reporting for the past two and well, sorry, the past year and a half has been uh, abject lies. Um, yeah, like the, the, the British and the Americans are backing a proxy, i.e. Tel Aviv, um, Netanyahu's government. It's going spectacularly badly for them. Um, if you if you see casualty figures, the, the, the I, Israeli occupation forces are being killed in vast numbers. Um, this is not being talked about. I mean, very oddly, all of the o, the OSINT people who were testifying to Russian failure every day um, it, uh, from the start of the invasion have gone eerily quiet. Uh, the, the, the an account called Oryx on Twitter, which was the basis of British Ministry of Defence public declarations about the scale of Russian losses, um, has mysteriously vanished from the internet and it's no longer cited. So, I mean, yeah, like it, it, I, I, I strongly suspect that the that that London is hoping that this will, will be the start of war with with Lebanon and Iran, but. Um, just as with Ukraine, I think that they are delusional about who the ultimate victors will be. No, I think we, we, we've reached like a total of an hour. What else do we need to touch on here? Tyler, JM, Kit. Well, just in that same vein, you know, you, you spoke about Lebanon, you spoke about uh, other actors of the region and, and uh, the potential for a war with them. Um, we just saw today, uh, yet again, Syria's airport, the civilian airport, was attacked in Damascus. And um, we've seen sort of a, what is it, four countries now have been attacked by Israel since October 7th. And we've seen an awful lot of the same sort of propaganda tactics that were taking place uh, in Ukraine are now taking place in uh in, inside of Israel and, and what's happening with the Gaza Strip and their attacks against the Gazans. So do you think that, from what I'm seeing anyway, is that there's an abject failure in the propaganda on the part of the West to contain the information that's getting out and also to uh, get that information, their talking points out there in a way which is believable? Because I think there's a stark difference between the way 
uh, people have supported Ukraine uh, up until this point. Uh, and then from the way that there's been this huge backlash against Israel, um, some people claim it's because of the anti-Semitism, but I think it's, you know, other factors that have led to this uh, a massive uh, stream of support for Palestinians in, in places where I frankly don't think the West expected it. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing how um, Britain and America respond to um, their total control of the narrative being challenged, which is to start locking people up. Um, there, there are some uh, communist publishers in the UK who had their front doors kicked in at 3 a.m. by British police uh, for publishing pamphlets documenting um, the, the, the sordid history of Zionism's um, dark handshake with Nazism. Um, yeah, like, it, 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 I, 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 again, I think that it's spinning out of control um, from the perspective of London and Washington, you know, like, like people having dissenting opinions. And then in that context, their only response is arrests, jailing and censorship. Uh, it's 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 not it's not going well, um, you know. And I think that it, what's really interesting, a new um, uh, NATO Stratcom report just dropped, which was effectively endorsing cyberbullying um, as a strategy against um, uh, uh, people that uh, who, whose opinions NATO does not like, uh, while decrying um, anyone responding to those, those kind of tactics. I mean, there's a whole case study about about NAFO within it. Um, yeah, like they they cling to this idea, particularly in London, due to London's rather foreshortened um, force projection and, and military and intelligence capabilities um, following the the, the the end of World War Two. Um, there is this it's, it's this willful self delusion that um, information war is the most uh, important theatre in which to win. By that, they obviously mean. Uh, deluding and confusing and misleading their own population. Um, the, the social media, for all of its many evils, is a very effectively countering all of that, and they don't know how to respond. Um, you know, I mean, in, in my case, I'm under criminal investigation um, for <laughs> uh, factual investigative reporting. Um, I'm sure we're going to be seeing a lot of people ending up in jail for expressing the wrong opinions online. Um, I was stopped under a, a piece of, of, of counter-terror legislation, um, which states that someone can be a state threat operating on behalf of a hostile foreign power without them or the hostile foreign power in whose interest they are serving uh, knowing. Um, and this has been reinforced by the new National Security Act, which got zero critical coverage in the media and uh, it, it, yet there are British government lawyers who have openly stated this is going to have like a real chilling effect and you need to be like really journalists need to be like really careful about what they talk about because they will um, end up in jail um, you know a, 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 as a result uh, yeah like it, it, I think as long as Western audiences or at least a component of Western audiences are sufficiently delusional um, this is considered a sufficient win
um, from, from from London's perspective and and also Washington. Um, it, it, it is very difficult to keep a lid on the fact that the biggest protests in British history are now transpiring every weekend in London and other major cities within Britain. I was, albeit tangentially, involved in organising protests around Operation Castlehead, which was uh, Israel's genocidal strike against Gaza in 2014. Uh, we managed to uh, attract tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of people the protests are even bigger now like yeah as i say it's 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 spun out of control and um western authorities have no response uh in germany it's a lot easier to get away with criminalizing people saying from the river to the sea palestine will be free in allegedly free us and britain not so much so what what the next few weeks few weeks if not months will hold um it, it isn't certain if there is a positive to draw from this it's that europe's credibility in the global south is now permanently finished like it's it's it's, it's over and and th th there was some interesting reporting again based on anonymous sources that european officials were well aware of this uh by the, the by backing um israel's genocide in gaza uh they would have no credibility or sympathy in the global south but they just went ahead with it anyway um i think that's a a you can't find me i quit type situation they knew that their brand uh for want of a better word was damaged um it, like in those regions and so now that they're pretending it doesn't matter when it really 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 does and again we see this with the war in ukraine like 85% of the world has not moved to sanction Russia or take punitive measures against Russia. In fact, even the spectator in Britain has, has acknowledged that uh, Russia's standing in the third world has increased um, as a result um, of, 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 the, of the conflict uh, and its uh, connections and, and allies in Africa and, and Asia are increasing by the day. Um, you know that that it, 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 every, everything has gone wrong. Um, you know, like, like from, from their perspective, there should be no self reflection of that. I am completely certain, um, but it does mean I, I think again rather encouragingly that their only response to all of these headwinds is to just keep doing the same in the hope that it will one day work, and it's demonstrably not. Well, you touched on something, and now I have a final final question. So you talked about fascism literally in the uk we've seen it we've seen the um pushback about three hundred thousand people protested yesterday it almost got up to a million one day i think um we've gone through the nazi uh celebration in canada we've gone through the normalization of fascism in the united states we've gone through the normalization of the fascist state of ukraine and now we have always had the normalization of the fascist state of Israel. So for all intents, and now it's kind of trickling out and seeping out into places like the UK, Germany, that sort of thing. So as a journalist and as a political expert, we are now in the highest stages of capitalism, capitalism in crisis. Uh, how much further can this really go? Are we looking at complete media silence, radio silence, um, while we just make our descent into the inevitable fascism or like what are we doing here like what is really going on and and how much further does it go before like if something has to give well i mean i i saw someone the other day uh, use the rather beautiful phrase that we're living through the birthing pains of a multipolar world um and i think that yeah that the, the, there will likely um in the very near future be a total shut off 
of um, uh, inf in information flow um, between the the West and East. Um, again, as I say, I, I strongly suspect that Britain and America will just keep doing the same thing because they don't understand how to do anything other. Um, I, I, this developments in the world potentially will come thick and fast, and it will come as news um, to a lot of people. The uh, Saudi-Iran rapprochement, um, as broken by China uh, this summer, which is a hugely significant thing, it got zero coverage um, in the West at all. And there were friends of mine in West Asia uh, who were convinced initially that it was uh, it was me it was a meaningless, um, uh, a forceless uh, ag agreement um, conducted for political reasons by Tehran and, and Riyadh. Actually, it's hugely significant. Uh, it, 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 and again, you know, this is why independent media, which tells you not only a different side of the story, but an entirely different story um, from, from, from the ground up, is considered so dangerous. There will be a lot more um, open censorship. I think a lot more people will start questioning um, why they're being lied to on a consistent basis by uh, you know, every, every organ of civil society, whether that's think tanks, NGOs, uh, media outlets, or yes, like the, the, the government. Um, yeah, like I mean, Mar Marx talked about how capitalism contained within its foundations it, the seeds of its own destruction. I think that what Western powers are doing now um, is sowing seeds of their own destruction. And they kind of know it, but they just, just want it to not be true. And so from their self-absorbed, perhaps psychopathic perspective, it isn't. But like actually the real world impact is 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 massive. Um, so yeah, um, I, I don't expect anything particularly pretty um, to come out of this in terms of the Western world. I mean, I mean in Britain, it's like outright fascism now. I mean, it, it, they're not even bothering uh, to hide it. Um, I know people personally who have had uh, been approached by the police for flying Palestine flags on their property. Um, they, they, they've gotten a knock or a letter uh, telling them to not do that because it's a signifier of extremism. Um, Go on. No, I was going to ask, I thought you had finished. I was going to ask you if you noticed, because you live in a state, a European state that's outside of the EU, Serbia, do you notice any um, changes or a market not changing in accordance with kind of the EU's like swerving into fascism? <laughs> like is Serbia also along the ride or because they're not part of the EU, they kind of get to like say, take a step back? Well, I mean, very interestingly, like support for joining NATO and the EU in Serbia, which was already like ridiculously low for very obvious reasons, is now even lower. I think it's like 90% of the public oppose joining NATO and 70% of the public oppose joining the EU. I mean, we did nonetheless roll out the red carpet for uh, Jen Stoltenberg recently, and, and uh, our president spoke about the need to uh, restore uh, lost trust on both sides. But I mean, I, I just, it, 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 the, 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 Belgrade has at numerous points throughout uh, the conflict in Ukraine been ordered by Berlin and London and other um Paris, uh, major European powers to pick a side at last and stop prevaricating and give up its neutrality. That hasn't happened. Um, and yeah, like what is the, the, the proposition? I mean, it, it, Serbia already, despite not having sanctioned Russia, has some of the highest food inflation in, in, in Europe. Like what, I mean, 
what, what's the uh, appeal of joining the EU? Oh, like more of that? Uh, you know, like, like as long as you sanction Russia, like, the, I, I mean, my experience um, it, from, from people I know here of both the left and right is that they are uh, ha- happily bobbing along, but there is a sense of at some point the need to uh, die on a hill is impending, but they're being very careful about what hill they do die on. Um, There have been numerous attempts to trap or trick um, Serbians into uh, engaging in in, uh, fiery uproar. Earlier this year, there was a shooting at a school, um, which was horrific. Um, Here is the first time in, in Serbian history this has happened. And the Western backed opposition were trying to exploit this as a political issue. Uh, most people I know here didn't go didn't go along with it. So I mean, the, the, the efforts are still there, but I just think that yeah, from from the public's perspective at least, um, if not the government's, the, people are well aware that they that that they are being sold false promises or you know a, a house built on sand um as it were so that you know they're the, 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 they're opposed to that they're not, not they might not be protesting every day they might not be making a huge noise about it but they you know, they, they well understand it and they they can see that they are you know better off out um of, of, of these structures um again it goes back to western western delusion it's like oh, it, Ger- Ger- germany is collapsing um, politically and economically, the, 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 they've had a one percent drop in their GDP, and they're embracing AFD. Uh, you know, the, 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 it, it, it's that reflexive. Um, you know, the, the embrace of embrace of just something, any, any anything different. Um, is it really that a com- compelling sales pitch? Like, oh yeah, you know, be like us with our like you know deindustrialized Rust Belt on the Ryan economy. Like, no, it isn't. Um, so uh, yes, as I say, like we 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 shall see. Um, Chinese investment um, is increasing. We will, as of next year, have a direct train to Hungary, another uh, relatively free state in in Europe, which, according to the Pentagon leaks, is considered the U.S.'s chief uh, enemy um, um, in, in the world. Um, so, uh, and that is a direct result of, uh, of Comrade G. So, I, I mean, yes, I, th- I think um, waiting and seeing um, is, is the sensible option. Okay, well, Tyler, do you have any final thoughts or questions from Fascist Canada? Oh, wow. Well, from Fascist Canada, all I can say is, uh, you know, we're very, very uh, it's sad to have somebody like Justin Trudeau at the helm, uh, leading us through all of these difficult times and failing miserably. Um, other than that, all I can say is thank you, Kip, for providing all of your uh, deep insights into this, what's happening in the world today. Uh, thank you, Sarah, for having me on. And thank you, JM. It's been a long time, time since we've been on stage together. JM, are you there with us? Do you have any thoughts or questions from Fascist Britain? I don't think we have Jam. He had to step out for our book club. That's what kind of nerds we are. And Kit, do you have any <laughs> any uh, final thoughts from wonderful Serbia, Beograd? Um, I, I mean, nothing apart from God is a Serb. Um, and I think, yeah, on that bombshell, um, we'll leave it. But like, God bless you. Thank. You, I think you just got our episode demonetized. That was the that was the statement that got us demonetized. God is a Serb. Kosovo is Serbia. 
Palestine is Palestine and Donbass is Russia. Thank you very much for joining us on another episode of the DD Geopolitics podcast. You can find us at ddgeopolitics.com, back on the spaces, on Rumble, on Substack with our new editor, Evan Reef, and five new writers working for you guys. There's an option to support there. Please like, share, and subscribe to YouTube. Thank you very much, Tyler. We will be back on Wednesday with a surprise guest. And thank you, JM and Aria, once again.